Three songs. He's Mike. I'm Bob. Chris Knox. Chris Knox. <laughs> That's yeah, an interesting man. start. That's deep fried, man. Deep fried off of uh, Stumpy. Yeah, episode 67 starts off with some weirdness from Mr. Chris Knox and the Tall Dwarfs. Uh, there's plenty of that. There's plenty of that. That will be the theme for tonight's show. Bob Nastanovich there in Des Moines. Mike Hogan here in Forest Hills, New York. Episode 67, April 18th, 2018. It's all Chris Knox. Yeah, we're going to do a tribute show to Chris Knox, who, you know, fans of New Zealand, the country, he's he's a national treasure. Absolutely. And, and an incredibly versatile uh, artists, and I mean, we know him best for his music because you know we did we've never had the pleasure of living in New Zealand, so we never got to see his comic strip weekly for many years in the New Zealand Herald. Nor did we, you know, buy entertainment magazines and and read his hundreds and hundreds of film reviews that he's written. I think at one point he was sort of viewed as like uh, New Zealand's most famous movie critic. Really. Yeah, like the Roger had, Ebert of New I, Zealand. Like when I met him I in the, no in the early nineties, had no idea he was so personal. Oh yeah, like oh, he's an amazing animator. But uh, well, as I, you know I, from his I, his I, cover art stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I knew he was an artist. Uh, he's also a, a filmmaker. Painter. He actually, you know, started like, um, well, he's obsessed with horror movies. Chris Knox, you know, and um, he was given a camera, like uh, I imagine, like as a birthday present or a Christmas present when he was like twelve or thirteen. And that sort of like kind of kicked off his art career. Hmm. And he made a lot of the videos for a lot of bands. I'm pretty sure he, I'm pretty sure he might have made. Uh, no, I don't want to be wrong, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he might have made the Tally Ho video by the Clean. Entirely possible. Yeah, I mean, like, <clears throat> but anyways, um, anyways, I'm going to start the show with a quick apology. I'm sorry for crabbing um, too much of your music lately. <laughs> I just have a, uh, I have a preconception, you know. <laughs> Uh, as a as a music listener, I've never you can't really. I don't know who you would be to like have an entirely open mind. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I have like I, you know I have preconceived notions of artists that I've never really listened to, and I I hear you. Uh, a lot of that has to do with preconception. So like, if you're going to play an artist that I'm aware of that I've never listened to, and I don't care. I mean this this has been going on in my life for. 35 years you know like you know that like even when you're especially when you're a teenager and a college student like you just automatically won't like things for certain tiny reasons absolutely and you know the lesson learned for me is you get proven wrong you get proven wrong that no, no no that's fine the lesson learned for me bob is when i'm before the show saying i'm thinking of playing this artist or this band or whatever I need to ask you any any, any preconceptions, you know? <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead and play them. I mean, like, <laughs> well, I just no, don't, want, I don't want to feel like you know it, I'm it, insulting you. No, 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 for no. choosing the song. Like, I, like, I don't again. Take it, like back to the shows. Like, um, I don't take it personally at all. Uh, I mean, the, one of the shows' tenets is to, you know, 
it's uh, I'm not saying anything is good or bad. It's you know, it's to it's to broaden the musical horizons of you, of me, of those listening, and you're I, so you're going back to the last show we ended with Waylon Jennings. The funny no, thing. I ended the show with um, Orbital. And well, you were bored to death by that, but I was, you know, I'm sure you slept well. I, I did sleep well. Um, yeah. No, I, mean, I I ended with Waylon Jennings, and then the funny thing is, right after the show ended, you texted me and said, "I got him mixed up with Merle Haggard." Well, you know, remember I said, "Did he die like three years ago?" Because two or three years ago, so that's when Merle Haggard died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. So the whole time I'm thinking you're knocking him because uh, you thought it was Merle Haggard, who who was uh, ripping- yeah. But I mean, like I could probably like if you know you held up a, a picture of Waylon Jennings next to a picture of. Uh, Merle Haggard next to a picture of Johnny Paycheck. I could correctly identify all three. So possibly, you know. but you know, Waylon Waylon saying about smoking pot and 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 Merle made fun of the pot smokers. You know, we don't smoke no marijuana in Muskogee. Anyway, we digress. well, I wasn't aware of their you know particular um, like and dislike of cannabis. We take we take well one hung out with Willie Nelson a lot. So what do you think? Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, he was just here in in, in uh, Des Moines about I think about a week ten days ago. Willie Nelson, my friend, went and saw him, and he still used that trashy old guitar. And I guess he just wasn't very good, but he played at Wells Fargo Arena and whatever you know. There you go, rock on, Willie. It still uh, smells like weed in this town. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like you know. Pigpen, you know, from from Peanuts when he walks through, I would imagine that's what like Willie Nelson these days with like a cloud of pot smoke looks like. Uh, <laughs> these days, I think it's been going on for a while. Anyways, back to the point of the program here. Back to Chris we're, Knox. We're, so we're saluting a legend tonight, right? We we are we are. Um, he started playing music in I think '77 and was like kind of like uh, yeah, like first wave New Zealand punk. Right there. Oh, he was he was terrifying performer. He was a you know I mean I think he would cut himself with bottles and stuff like that. One of those type you know he was a complete out there freakazoid. Yeah, well, uh, uncivilized. I, I don't know if there's gonna... if there's any video of that or not, but uh, there's uh, a lot of fanzine stuff about we, it. We we have we have we have a live performance. Uh, I'm going to go live from his first band, The Enemy. And this is this is you know I mean. You called well, it I hope the, the blood doesn't splatter your screen. You called it the hit, uh, which is which is kind of charitable because I'm not sure anybody outside of New Zealand really knows too too many enemy songs. But uh, but yeah, l- let's dig it. Live late '70s, Chris Knox with the enemy. This is pull down the shades. We'll okay, let him, we'll let him introduce. One of the gold melodies. Pull down the shades before my voice goes.
how many songs you know of bob that that reference starsky and hutch but um <laughs> that, might that be... was that was like uh that sounded no so night like late 70s punk yeah you know what i mean yeah like so it's like obviously the guy is kind of like is found himself like doing something i guess he i think he's like in his mid-20s at that point and like obviously he had a thirst to perform and apparently made quite a spectacle of himself back then and uh you know i think he was pretty obnoxious as well you know to be you know to be honest and uh and then you know throughout his throughout his career he kind of like you know chilled you know cuz that was the late 70s and and he got a little weirder oh definitely a lot weirder yeah. you know well i think he's you know i think he's always been weird i just think that you know the enemy is, which would have been his first band. Which you know, Alec Bathgate was in that band. Who's also yeah. in Toy Love, who I'm about to play, and the Toy and, and uh, the Tall Dwarf, and Tall Dwarf. So like, kind of like uh, Chris's like quiet sidekick musically, brilliant guitar player, absolutely. But just like a, a man of like you know, not a big talker, you know, but like always kind of amused. But like, you know, Chris is like a real mouthpiece. I mean, he's you know he's incredible amount to say like constant opinions like you know will tell you everything about everything like loves his country so he's like 
you couldn't have a better tour guide in New Zealand than that guy. You know, he knows yeah. everything. Like, has an opinion on everything. How many times do you pl- you meet him? How many times do you play with him? Oh, I think probably you know when you don't you don't play that many shows in New Zealand. Sure, I'm gonna say I probably spent like seven nights with him. You know, and that's you know, fifteen twenty hours of hanging out. Sure. So, and went to his house. You know, went to his house as well, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But I'm gonna play Toy Love off their first um, single. This is a uh, 1979. It's called Rebel. For Cargill's finest, <laughs> classic song, classic band. Uh, you can hear like the uh, transition there between like just kind of like um, you know, yeah, seventies punk to like you know, huge adoration for the Beatles. Right, right, yeah, and the songwriting starting to come through. Uh, that song, yeah, very much so, and um, that that song has like a kind of like to me like a kind of a DB's type feel, like. Uh, you know, Chris Stamey type vibe. Did you ever pick up on that? Sure, sure. Yeah, you know. I could hear that. I, you know, yeah. I mean, especially the Tall Dwarf stuff later, which we'll get to in some oh, of the yeah, solo stuff. Oh yeah, his I, best stuff. His best stuff's coming up. Yeah, I um, I always th- heard a, a very strong Sid Barrett influence. Yeah, I wouldn't know about that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Really? 
You don't. I know? would know. Yeah, I would know. You're not you a know, Sid, Sid Barrett of, guy. Well, no, I wouldn't know if Chris Knox is influenced oh, by Sid I, Barrett. But I, no, I, 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 would, I would know that, yeah. I would imagine. I, 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 can I know only... what you're going to, but, you know, my knowledge of Sid Barrett era Pink Floyd is, you know, limited to a handful of songs. Okay, fair enough. Um, Do you know what I mean? So that would be an easier thing for you to hear. Perhaps. And maybe it was when I her- first heard Chris Knox, and it was specifically in The Tall Dwarfs, uh, I was listening more to solo Sid Barrett and, you know, Sid Barrett era Pink Floyd. So it just seemed like it was a fit. But, uh, well, like Sid Barrett, like, you know, throughout his whole life, uh, uh, Chris, Chris Knox has, you know, battled a, a really terrible disease his whole life. He's, you know, he's pretty bad, pretty bad epilepsy. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, and, uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, he had a, he named certain tolerance for pain. Yeah, he named one of his solo albums "Seizure." Oh yeah, no, no there's I think there's a lot of seizures involved. You know, in my experience, I never saw one, but I but I heard about them. You know, and like you just yeah. couldn't imagine that guy being anything but you know full of life. Which you know, as we know, he suffered a stroke in 2009. He's about a decade into you know living post stroke and yeah, and painting too. He paints, yeah, he yeah. paints, which is you know one of the beautiful things about painting is that you don't need to talk because he 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 he's he doesn't he can't really talk that much right right that's a complete shame because you know he's a musical genius who's been silenced but but, uh just a great talker too (laughs) a great storyteller you know it's like uh it's amazing to think of him as unable to express himself verbally but and again, I haven't seen him in many years now, and and uh, well, I've. Anyways, what are you going to play next? Well, I'll I'll keep it with Toy Love. I'll go a little bit, you know, year or two ahead. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll show a little bit of the transition. Then I think you're going to jump to some of the solo stuff, and then we'll bounce around a little more. But uh, I'll play a song called "Don't Catch Fire." Shows a little more of the progression away from the punk into, you know, more of a classic songwriter standpoint but, this is it a live version or a, no, a studio version? studio version toy cool. love yeah awesome
songwriting has evolved at this point. Yeah, it, you know, <laughs> he almost sounded like at times like um, a great singer. Yeah, and he he sounded um, like uh, Robert Smith from the Cure a bit there, didn't you think? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. yeah, getting getting. I never really heard that. You know, I know the song, but like I never really thought that till I, you know, on that listen. Like, it could like you could play that for somebody and they 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 might think it's a Cure song. Like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little darker. No, oh, yeah, darker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Go fuck sure. yourself, Mike. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, yeah. the last <laughs> the last yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, one 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 funny thing like um, getting to know a bunch of you know people in bands down there is like uh, is the reaction to Chris, I mean, they all respected him as a legend, but I think that he was not afraid to be abrasive and, and tell bands that they were crap either. Maybe like um, in his case, I would say like sort of in an effort to motivate them, but like, you know, of course as musicians and artists, like anybody that we revere or, or like, you know, respect your elders, especially like, you know, people who've, you know, are legendary you know, you you're very sensitive to their. I think he could be very insulting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's what I gathered. Like, and I can't remember in terms of you know specificity, like um, too many stories. But some people would like you know were kind of leery of him, like almost like a little bit afraid of him, which I think he sort of you know wanted in a way. Yeah. You know, because he is that. like. He was really first. I think was he the first flying nun artist? Um, One of entirely them. Entirely possible. Yeah, I mean, I think the first flying nun release was the Dunedin Double, right? I mean, he's yeah, he's kind of known as just like, um, I mean, I don't, you know, for lack of a better term, like sort of the Godfather, like or the. I mean, you're the first, like definitely one of the original. There weren't, you know, that many. You know, in terms of like, you know, these influential genres in New Zealand, a lot of the music you love here, you know, right. like this guy right. is a complete fixture. Right. I mean, he recorded the clean, the Verlaines, the chills and sneaky feelings, you know, throughout his career as a studio guy. And then a lot of the work that he did was all done in his house, you know, where he's lived now for like 40 years. And, um, you know, he's very much a DIY guy, but he would go into the studio and record other bands. But, like, you know, his actual studio work outside of Toy Love, you know, basically Tall Dwarfs and Chris Knox, they were all home recording. So, like, you know, he's... Sure. You know, people think of Lo-Fi, which was, you know, you know, as a former member of Silver Jews, like, <laughs> I was part of that genre. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, Chris Knox was doing it 10 years before we even... We were, and he was just doing it because he wanted to make songs every night. Right, right. There wasn't even a term for it back then. They didn't have a no, term. No, no. You know, it was just like, like I mean, it, at the time, it was just kind of termed as like, you know, weird New Zealand music, you know. or Right, right. Not even like punk, you know. Anyways, I got to play a bunch of shows with him, and he would open for us in pavement, and uh, he would just... His, <laughs> His his uh, decorum for the show was pretty amazing. Like he would just put on one of those headset microphones, which was hilarious, and he'd wear like a really loose fitting tank top and like gym shorts and sneakers and stand up there with some sort of beatbox type thing, and he'd plan his whole set out, and he would tell stories and sing songs and play guitar, 
And to me, this song off of his 1991 solo album, Croker, was the highlight of his set. But, I mean, there are a lot of highlights in it. He would play about, uh, I'd say, 12 to 15 songs. And I, I love this song, Citric Acid, off of Croker by Chris Knox. <laughs> Something unusual that's oozing from your side. I wonder, should I suck it just to see? But it might be toxic, you never know these days. Your body isn't what it used to be. More a mystery to me, can't you see? You were opaque and I'm blind. You were a mystery to me, can't you see? When I away, God will I find. My you the taste familiar and complete now I love with my own fear you trickle that my chin and drip onto my naked arm it's really good to have you near Simple and free And I'll be you and you'll be me It is so easy Just follow me Mystery 
flesh has lost its gleam, you're fading as your substance slips away. So now you're getting into Chris Knox, the songwriter. That's just a fantastic song. Oh man, right? how about that? Like <laughs> the lyrics on that song, amazing. Yeah, and and just the you way see through he, me. the way he approaches it too. I see through you. You see through me. It isn't it cozy, <laughs> simple and free. <laughs> you know, oh, like using sounds as instruments too. You know, the amazing thing about the percussion on that, I always loved it. I don't know how he did that. I think it was probably pretty easy for him. Probably took him like you know, it's a simple beat. Sure, but it sounds like he's like just like has a mouthful of gob and it's just like making so much sounds like percussion made by his mouth yeah right 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 that's what i'm talking about it's like it's these found sounds that you, he puts together and turns into to music and like not just you know a lot of artists will do that and it sounds like weird noise pastiche but he takes it and makes it into a really catchy pop song, which is... Oh, yeah, and strategy, too. Like, you know, and, and, like, he wanted it to sound sick. Keep in mind, like, the foundation of this guy is he's, like, uh, he likes, like, horror movies, and, like, yeah. dark things. Like, he, he's, like, when you meet him, it seems like he's just, like, he lives in a cave. You know well, what I mean? That album... his house, and, like, he's got a, you know, pretty normal, like, bungalow, you know, in Auckland. You know what I mean? Right. That I mean, that album's called Croker. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, he he's always singing about songs like meat, you know, and like weird, very odd themes that are not typical of most pop songs. Now, uh, wonderful, strange birdie is yeah, Chris. Uh, you know, wonderful. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to the Tall Dwarfs. It's from that same era, 1990. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, on a on a little record called Weevil. I know you're gonna play some Tall Dwarfs too. Ghost getting involved. Ghost. Ghost. Getting involved. Ghost. Na- Ghost's a big Tall Dwarfs fan. He was. Oh yeah, yeah. He was staying yeah. quiet because you know he likes the enemy. He likes toy love, but uh, Tall Dwarfs. That's when he gets excited. No, they wiggle his corgi hips. That's right. This is. Um, <laughs> It's from the album Weeville. I think this was on Homestead in in America, if I remember correctly. Way to go, Gerard. Yeah. Gerard Cosley, yeah. Matador Records. Pre-Matador, Homestead. Uh, Weeville's the album. This one's, this one's called Mr. Broccoli. This is a nice little taut two-minute long acoustic number, which I always loved. I used to play this all the time back when I had a college radio show. So this this one's taking me back. Tall Dwarfs, Chris Knox, Mr. Broccoli. Who will bring the sunshine? Who will take the rain? I will be waiting. I remember. I will be waiting here forever Who will take the day? Who will bring the night? I will be waiting I remember I will be waiting here forever 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 
take the rain Who will bring the night Who will take the day I will be waiting I'll remember I will be waiting Ever ever I will be waiting I'll remember I will be waiting Forever Forever Maybe I'll do one more from that record. What do you think? Well, go for it. But what I was going to tell you is, like, like from my standpoint, and knowing him well, like you know, when that was a you know college radio thing, Weeville. Yeah. Um, I could definitely hear a, a lot of influence on uh, Malcolm, Steve Malcolm, who was a big fan, is a big yeah. fan, you know, and like yeah. I, I, to me, like that, you know, that that song, you know. And huge influence on pavement. Yeah, I could hear it. It's funny. I never put it together, but now that you mention it, after after just hearing it, I, 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 it makes a, to, a total sense. I'm gonna do one more, another two minute one. So together, I played four minutes of Tall Dwarfs from Weeville. This one's "Sign the Dotted Line." I love this song too. Cool. Let's descend through fog and rain and see if we can find the same way out. Perfect little song right there. I mean, talk about weird. Now keep in mind, these are all like, you know, do-it-yourself home recordings. Right. Too. T- talk about weird percussion. What, what the hell was that little, like, whoop, whoop, whoop? I don't know. So- you know, that could have been Bathgate. 
<laughs> yeah, knows? Cause it's, you know, it's Chris and Alec, you know, right. we're talking about tall dwarfs and like, you know, I think that, you know, Chris is such a formidable personality and Alex a quiet, is a, a quiet guy that like, you know, his contribution is like to tall dwarfs is, is huge. And, and, um, well, we'll stick in the same vein. I'll, I'll turn the, the pages back to 88 and I'll play a tall door song. Uh, and you, you mentioned college radio playing them on college radio. Yeah. I probably say that of all the tall door song, I would have, you know, I was a college radio DJ from 83 to 90, 83 to 89. Okay. You know, university of Richmond in high school, then, then WTJU in Virginia. And you were on the six year plan, Bob. <clears throat> No, no, I was a high school DJ at University of Richmond. No, I, I made it through four years, four summer schools, my man. I'm teasing. I'm it was teasing. a challenge. You know, no, 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 219 GPA, my friend. And, uh, oh, I wasn't there very often. I was too busy listening to songs like this. Uh, Turning Brown and Torn in Two off of Hello, Cruel World by Tall Dwarfs. Classic, classic. All right, Jim, what's the problem? <laughs> Oh, 
I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. It's such a weird brooding song, but lyrically and musically, well, maybe not lyrically, but musically, it's just, it's delicate and pretty. Oh, very much so. And he, he captured like, uh, somehow captured this industrial vibe with that percussion. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> if you want to even call you know, it percussion. Synthesized percussion, you know, right. like... Uh, whatever the beats are, but like, you know, I mean, there's, uh, who knows, you know, what a freak, what a, what a brilliant artist. I mean, yeah, that song sounds like, you know, I I mentioned at times he reminds me of Sid Barrett, but that song sounds like nothing, nobody, you know, I mean, that's like such a unique perspective. Oh, there's a wonderful video of that, that he made himself on, it's available on YouTube. It's the official video of the song, but uh, you can you can watch it on YouTube. It's it's amazing. Like, uh, don't be fooled by any unofficial videos of that song. A lot of like Super Eight films of like you know various TV clips that he'd recorded and stuff. It's like just like classic. And you know, this is like you know when you hear the expression DIY, do it yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is like you know to me like you know really like kind of. Chris is like, you know, one of the kingpins of, of DIY, you know, doing things, like making weird things in your house. Right. And, you know, eventually having them celebrated all around the world. Weird experimentations that turn into songs that turn into, you know, I mean, dare I say masterpieces. I mean, these are, these are songs that, uh, the great thing about him too as an artist is I don't think he was really too worried about what he was doing. You know, no. like I don't think he had like um I don't think there was a lot of pressure on him. I think he other than the pressure he put on himself. He was throwing things to the wall and seeing what stuck. Uh Right, and Flying Nun was going to support him and like, you know, right. if if they weren't then he was going to put it out himself, you know, and like uh if he liked it, you know, if he listened back then he liked it, you know. Unfortunately, his so, ear was good enough that most of the most of it stuck. So, uh, oh, you're talking about like what's that guy's name? Waylon Jennings' kid, like picking through tapes. What's the kid's name? Scooter, uh, shooter, shooter, shooter. Oh, can you imagine like you know picking through? Can you imagine like the failed experiments picking in his own the, mind the, that he left behind for various reasons that could have been brilliant lying around his house? Right. 
right. I mean, my God, there must be like a box of tapes of like discarded material in there that you could make like a. I can't. Uh, yeah, I can't. A one imagine. hell of a little brother release. Yeah. <laughs> a joint release on Broker's Tip deal, man. All right, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna jump to the late eight late eighties. Uh, first, we're just in the late eighties. We're, we're sticking in the late eighties. Well, I, weren't you like mid eighties there? Eighty eight. Oh, okay. I thought I thought I thought that was like '85. Okay, yeah, I'm going. That might to... have been made in '85, but it came out on Hello Cruel World. As far as I know, you know, like okay. again, like you know, who knows? I'm well known for being 25 years off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm also well known for confusing Merle Haggard and Waylon Jennings. That's like, that's fair. I'm not ashamed of. I you know. I I do believe this is from Chris's first solo record. Well, no, sorry, second solo record. His first solo record came out in '83. Um, this one is, uh, this one's from Seizure, which I mentioned earlier. And this is, this is a, you know, I mean, just a beautiful, beautiful love song. Simple as that. This is a love song to his wife. It's a very sweet song. And when I think of some of the sweetest love songs that have ever been written, this is one that jumps into my mind. Uh, it's a song called Not Given Lightly. Uh, you know, it's it's very sweet without being cloying. Um, so yeah, Chris Knox, here you go. It's morning, time to wake now Your body and mind Entwined, we'll have to break now But I want your flesh, your warmth to stay beside me Oh, how I wish you could be deep inside me Show me your eyes, your love most tender feelings And I'll give you mine, be truthful and revealing Cause it's you that I love and it's true that I love It's love not given lightly But I knew this was love and it's you that I love And it's more than what it might be Always face you Maybe my mood Won't let these arms embrace you That doesn't mean My love somehow diminished Give me the time To show our love's unfinished Cause it's you that I love And it's true that I love And it's love not given lightly I love and it's true that I love It's love not given life 
So in some form of altered universe, that's like one of the biggest hits of the 90s right there. Well, it's not, you know, sure, but it's, it's, it is one of, I think it's most, his most celebrated song. Yeah, probably. Probably. But I mean, that's the sort of song that like... That's, that's a love song, you know, to his... I don't think they ever got married. Barbara, I, I met a couple of times. Barbara Ward, uh, mother of their two children... And, and together for 30 plus years, you know, and oh, just a great person, you know, really, really warm kind of person. But yeah, I'm sure it wasn't easy, you know, I'm sure it's not easy, you know, like at any <laughs> point, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's, some, you know, singing it. It's like basically like, you know, you and I don't have the talent or ability to sing our hearts out to, to a loved one, you know, whether it be a wife or anybody else, you know. No, and and you know, I don't think I could write a song anything near as good as that. Nah, we can't write songs, but like, I mean, like if I gave like if you do a challenge to write, a, you know, a love song about your wife Marie, like she would just say like, I can't, you know, it's just not within the range of my talents, but, you know. Like, <laughs> but he could, and I would say the same thing about. You know, my wife went, but uh, I mean, it's, that was that was amazing. That's an amazing love song, it, you know? it, and it's it's the sort of thing that that it's such a simple song, but it should be. It's and and obviously there's a reason why it wasn't a huge hit at the time. But there are all these songs that were not that big. You know, like Bone Machine was not a huge hit when it first came out but like now everybody knows it you know like there's a lot of these songs that have have transcended their success at the time i feel like yeah you, you might be right that that's maybe his best known song but like that's a song that everybody should know you know that's a song that i guess so you know but like who knows like you know the, the way things work with music is um as far as I know, it's all like what you stumble upon, isn't it? And like uh, you know, what, what makes an impression on people. And like this is a guy whose sure. body of work is like you know, like many artists that we've played is like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs, you know. But, Absolutely. Yeah, if you're going to make like a mixtape of ten Chris Knox songs, you know, whether any era, 
you know, That's late kind of 70s. That's what we're doing or, right now, you know, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you know. But anyways, I, I'm going to get personal with you. Okay. Please do. Okay. Please do. Yeah. So, like, we, we were playing with um, Chris and Alec. Uh, it was just Chris, actually. Chris was playing solo. And uh, we're having a good time. We're heading to Auckland, his hometown. And uh, he lives in, in the Grayland neighborhood in a really cool house. Small, like, you know, it's not fan, not posh, you know, not posh at all. And, like, uh, I guess, you know, it's where the magic happens. So, like, because, you know, huge, like, Tall Dwarfs fans and Chris Knox fans, like, you know, he, he, it's early in the morning and, like, you know, hangovers are apparent and stuff, at least on our end. But <laughs> uh, myself and Scott Canberg, we, we show up at, his house you know probably took a cab over there like not knowing what to expect like and he, he was just kind of like the night before he's like you're coming over to the house tomorrow we're gonna make a song or two right and i was like okay well i'll go in there and have a cup of tea you know and like you know make polite conversation and like you know be nervous you know and uh <laughs> what you do well yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into my area of expertise, like it's going to be a marvelous experience, like no matter what, you know, as far as I'm concerned. And quickly, you know, Alex there, you know, like, and I've met him at a couple of shows. And, like he's already like he's got like headphones on, you know, and his guitar, like you know, everything's all set up. And like, and there's a bunch of percussion stuff, and he's just like, go pick through that and pick something to, you know, pick something that you want to play, and like. This guy's got an amazing collection of percussion stuff. So I'm grabbing like wooden things. And, like I got two drumsticks and stuff. And like, I don't even know the song, nor does Canberg. And he's got a guitar. Canberg's got a guitar, like, and an amp, like, you know. And uh, he plugs it all in. This is the first take. And it's on the um, first take off the, uh, I think it was released in 94, the three EPs. Okay, sure. It's three, three different EPs. And yeah. this is a song that, uh, First take I played on, uh, I played the percussion and, and Scott and Alec handle the guitars and, and Chris is singing and I don't know what else he did, but because I was too worried about keeping the beat. But this is Senile Dementia. Okay. Off of three Ps. All right. So like that 
mesmerizing little tune you kept the beat well bob oh it was an exciting three minutes of my life and, and like i remember like uh uh you know when you finish a recording and like you you get that feeling like i can't do any better than that like you know i've never heard the song before you know like that's like please don't make me do it again <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> please like I, I can only imagine because like i hope you guys got your stuff right because like I don't think I can like you know work up that groove like I mean, for me like that's you know I don't know you know like I'm just not the kind of person that can do like ten takes and expect them all to be good like they're just gonna get steadily worse <laughs> so <laughs> or maybe not but like you know generally so you know like so you're like you know, a just like inspired you know inspired by Chris Knox like you know. And to meet him and to get to know him, like, I had a, you know, quick bond with him, like, always got along with him, like, per- always a welcome sight, like, just an easy person for me to get along with for whatever reason. Like, you never know how personalities are going to work, you know, like, sure. and of course, you know, I was a huge fan, so, you know, there's that, but, like, he made things really easy, like, I'm just saying, like, you can just, you know, and I don't even think you it's like a chemistry like very easy guy for me to go along with love him fantastic well why don't we end the show with a song i believe this is from his final solo record in it came out in 2000 
It's called Beat. Do you know this record? Not off the top of my head. No, yeah. I don't actually. It's good. Yeah. It's actually. I'm so. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna do a little throwback to. You play the Darcy one. I'm gonna play the Darcy one. I'm gonna play a throwback to a song that you played a few shows ago. You played Darcy Clay, New Zealand songwriter who um, sadly died young. Short um, life, yeah. Short, short life. life. And this is this is Chris Knox's tribute to Darcy Clay. Yeah, from, while he was still alive, I imagine. No, 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 no. After he died, after he died. Yeah, yeah definitely after, after he, he died. died. Two thousand. This came out. Uh, Chris Knox's final release. Beats the name of the record. The song is. I want to look like Darcy Clay. Chris. Yeah, Knox. showing how humorous he is on this yeah. one. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you Very go. funny. Yeah, guy. I can see the bones are shattered in my skin, and I can feel a way that I might tunnel in. I can drink a plastic cup of Allen P or 7 up. What's down is up and I am up so thick and thin Cause I'm evil And I am breathing And I have air inside the substance of my eyes It made me blind to all that I would terrorize And my emotions are all dead I'll eat the crust of all the bread Take me to bed and baby I am sure to rise
<laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Great yeah. tribute to a kid. Yeah, for sure. What an amazing brain. What an amazing brain on Chris Knox. Uh, absolutely. And and <laughs> uh, so that was his last solo record. Came out in 2000. But uh, he, he was... He released a couple albums after that with Chris Knox and the Nothing. Have you heard any of those records? No, I haven't either. I'll have to check yeah, them out. Yeah, just check them dig. out. Maybe there's, there's got to be some good stuff on Let's there. Let's dig. Yeah, there's um, a lot to listen to. In there this is. Life. You know what I mean? And like with Chris Knox, when you like, you know, think about Chris Knox, you're going to play like the 40 songs that you love. You know, like right, right. You know and what I mean? You, like, and then you wake up thinking, oh, my God. It's a big God. number. 40 is a big number. Why didn't I play this one? I can't believe I left, you know, like tomorrow I'm going to, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be three or four songs that are going to pop into my head. Oh, you can reprise them like the Minutemen, you know, when you want to. That's you know, true. Like, it's about time for us to do another Minutemen one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, fantastic night of, you know, celebrating Chris Knox and like, yeah, I hope he's sleeping well. And he's, you know, he's he's still with us. And he's, he is. He's he's hopefully awake right I now. I wonder if he can access his paintings. Yeah, hell, it oh, yeah. must be. Oh yeah, you there, can see his paintings on the internet. Like he, go to some website, and look at his paintings. Yeah, he 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 has his paintings are for sale. Many of them are for sale. A lot of them have already been sold. Um, they're relatively reasonably priced, three four hundred dollars, which for uh, original oil paintings, you know, that's not exorbitant. Oh. So not at all, not at all. Yeah. So check it out. Yeah. Google Chris Knox art oil painting. Yeah. Uh, you'll yeah. find it. I'll do that. I'll do that when the show ends. Because I yeah. think I've seen his art before, but not not in a few years. So like, we'll see what he's up to, in, you know, in his house in in Auckland right now. There's a lot for sale. Maybe I'll. Uh... Imagine he's watching a movie. That's what he does. Yeah. He likes to watch movies. Oh, he likes to watch movies. <laughs> Well, good. This yeah. one's for you, Chris. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you, Bob. Great show, Mike. Enjoyed it. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back soon, I'm sure. <laughs>